0: A few days ago, I recorded an episode called, Why Are You Kind? What Motivates You? And it inspired some conversation. So what follows are those calls. I hope you enjoy.
1: Hello, Seeking Plum. It's been a while since I called in about a particular topic, but this one seems to resonate with me in a weird way, and that is um, being nice. Should we be obligated to do as such, motivated to do as such, or should it be something internal within us? I don't know. It depends on the person, really. Some people out here advocate very strongly for positivity and reinforcing um, positive ideas and all that sort of stuff. Whereas me, it's something more like it's common sense and it should it's something to be earned rather than generically handed out to everyone. Those are my thoughts on it. Would love to know what you think and thank you for this particular episode.
0: Duan, I am so glad you called in and how now I have lots of questions about the things that you said. So, for instance, earning kindness, what is the criteria for someone to earn your kindness? And and then Let's say there are two strangers. Let's pretend you and I don't know each other and we meet on the street and we both decide that people have to earn our kindness. How is it possible or is it not possible in your world for strangers in a brief period of time to earn your kindness? Because there's simply not time for criteria to be met uh, so, so your kindness is not extended to strangers. Is is that how that works? That may be an overly analytical perspective on it, because I'm not going to be particularly kind to someone who is rude to me, but I'm not going to withhold kindness to someone until they've earned it, you know, but I'm I'm also not going to be the type that sees kindness the way somebody do do some people do positivity. Um, and that it's positivity, positivity, positivity. Because to me, then kindness is no longer kindness. It's no longer a, a generous act, it's no longer a gift to give. It's something you're doing for the sake of of saying you're doing it it's almost becoming a status symbol right rather than a gift that you're giving to somebody and then what's the point
1: hello there seeking plum and to uh follow up um with kindness being earned is it possible (laughs) um I think of politeness and kindness as different things in a weird way, whereas I'm generally polite to anyone, regardless of how they are to me. But kindness, it requires a bit more effort on my part, um, and I don't know if I'm willing to lend so much effort to every single person I come across on the street. So if someone says hi, I say hello. You know, that's just me being polite. But kindness is like me offering somebody help. Uh to, I don't know, help with something or um, letting them know that they are looking fabulous for the day. I, I consider that kind more so than just being polite. I think it's just a bit more of effort. And I guess that really just depends on my mood. So it's not really up to the person, it's more up to me. And with the second part with what you were talking about, and uh, I think with what the, the kimbo podcast i think you're saying the guy had where he was talking about the three levels of kindness or ways to have kindness or something i think that was one of them the status symbol yeah unfortunately it definitely has become that almost to a point where uh people do it so they can blog about it right <laughs> they do it so they can have a story to tell others um rather than just doing it out of the generosity the kindness of their heart um Yeah, I tend to actually treat those as private moments that I only tell to friends. Like if I gave somebody, a homeless guy money, it's not something I want to tell the world. It's only something I would confide in with close friends of mine Uh, because I I would feel that would be stupid to do that just to tell people that I have done that. But yeah, um, great topic uh, in any way, in any facet. Thank you for this combo.
0: You make a good distinction between kindness and politeness and the effort put in with one over the other. And I don't think I have stopped to think about that particular difference and the emotional labor that's put in with kindness over politeness. And I I wonder if maybe I've been putting in too much effort. On the flip side, I do wonder if, if as a society, we would benefit from more effort being put in. And is there such a thing as, I definitely think there's such a thing as too little effort being put in, but is there such a thing as too much effort being put in? And I, I I don't know. I, I think that if we, if we put too much effort in, it could swing to something fake, to where the word kindness no longer means anything. I was listening to something uh, a couple weeks ago that defined a difference between being nice and being kind. You might say that someone looks nice in what they're wearing because you don't want to hurt their feelings. But if you were being kind you would tell them maybe that the outfit wasn't necessarily flattering but you could tell them in a kind way and so those are those are very different so i guess i think of of niceness as being superficial and kindness as being more genuine in getting into the podcast with seth godin and akimbo i i may have uh May have made this a bit muddled, but he was talking about three types of motivators for learning. And I sort of brought it back to just being three motivators and that being the status, shame and fear. But setting that aside, I think that I'm a bit jaded when it comes to the topic of positivity and positive vibes. Those words have almost lost meaning and it's almost become a fad you know you're almost hip if you are using some sort of positive mindset you know and, and surrounding yourself with with positive quotes or um you know this kind of uh, of world view however you decide to to uh, and mesh yourself in it. Present, uh, you know what I mean. But because because it's so big, because it's such a, a a movement, if you will, it has become almost a status symbol, or or maybe the better word for it is an accessory. Right? It's an extension of ourselves, or it, it allows us to become part of the the in group, or or a clique, or something. I think kindness has the potential to become something like that. Or it could. If we have to be motivated by fear or shame or or status of some kind in order to be kind, it could. Like if we need to share this with a friend, if we need to share it on social media, or or if, if it's something we have to share beyond ourselves, then are we looking for others to give us some sort of positive reinforcement, some brownie points or something, does that then elevate our status? And, enough, and if enough people do this and jump on the bandwagon, then then it just becomes something everybody is doing. Not because we want to be generous and be kind to each other, but because positive vibes, kindness you know it's what everybody's doing it's what we should quote-unquote do and and then it's not really kindness it's more like politeness we're polite because we know we should be not because we want to be generous and give you know what I mean I don't know
2: good evening Seeking Plum this is Robin from California yeah, you know, I was listening to your your initial post. I was resonating uh, by your very beginning about how you were in darkness, but then you are reflecting on kindness. And, and how you were talking about detoxing from social media or technolo- technology. And It's so weird how it came to me tonight because... I'm again feeling that feeling of wanting to withdraw from social media platforms again. Um, not so much audio, but when I'm out on like Twitter or or Facebook or Instagram or any of those, I don't know, it just feels overwhelming at times and also just so I meant that it just felt overwhelming and that... Um, when i'm in when i'm in the when I'm in the world, you know like you were talking about opening doors or in the grocery or wherever I am sometimes it's acts of generosity or or um, kindness are are appreciated and and sometimes not and I've noticed that it just feels very abrupt that our world is very abrupt very, I guess it's more self-centered than I even ever experienced so it was great that it came to me tonight because I needed to reflect on that some more and feeling like I wanted to just recoil again and not be out on social media so thank you for your post and one more thing is I just do it because I need to do it for me you know, sometimes I allow it to to bother me, like road rage stuff, that bothers me, because I'm pretty much, you know, let somebody in, let somebody off the freeway, let somebody in the lane if you can, you know, I don't know, it's just, there's this mentality right now in our society that really is putting me, is off-putting, is what I'm, you know, I don't choose to be off-put, but it's just off-putting, and it's abrupt, it feels harsh, and like you said, there's, I think there's a, a place for being more gentle with each other, and uh, I'm not sure if it doesn't happen as we just get older.
0: Robin, I wanted to thank you for Your thoughts and reflections because you really made me think further on why I seek to be kind and do a little bit more digging and I found it wasn't as pretty as I would have liked particularly if I look at the instance in in Vegas coming out of that casino with the two sets of doors I was looking at her and the expectation that I would open that door and my frustration. And, and I, find it, I find it funny that I'm okay with people walking through that door when I hold it open and being indifferent to the gift that I offer, to, to, to me presenting something to them that they don't really care about but when it's expected it feels like they're taking something from me taking that gift and some for some reason that that is something i i respond negatively to and it's not on them it's on me to to reflect on why because if it's a gift it's not about their response it's not about whether they're happy about it, indifferent or expect it. It's a gift, it's a gift. Kindness has no, <laughs> there should be no expectation. And, and, and instead of looking at her expectation that I opened that door, I should have been reflecting on my response to her behavior something else that you help me to reflect on and i need this every so often and inevitably someone calls in to to help me with this is that i get these these large ideas or hopes of us starting with these little acts of whatever it might be, and in this case, kindness, and those tiny acts building into something larger and spreading like a wildfire. And and then I start to think how impossible that might be if those many little acts don't start, whether it's kindness or something else. and And what... You and others often help to remind me that instead of getting discouraged by that, I can remember that I am one of those. And as long as I continue, that's all that matters. And that's all that I'm responsible for. And, and that's the direction I'm gonna to continue to go. So regardless of anybody else's response, um, I'm gonna to seek to continue to give those gifts and think of it kind of like you know that angry person who sometimes just needs a hug that when I hold that door open for that person who expects it that I'm giving them a virtual hug by holding that door and offering them a smile
2: hi again you know I'm responding to your response to me now and I totally relate to that whole thing about the expectation of someone else that they expect us to give the gifts and you know what comes to mind for me is I get angry because I feel like it's their entitlement they have entitlement issues like there's an expectation for them that they are better than me and that's what pisses me off. because no one is better than anybody and I know that I know I'm no better and they're no better and I'm no less either and neither are they but I'm not less than them and I don't have to do what they expect me to do so I sometimes rebel on that I have to be honest I probably wouldn't have opened the door for that person sorry but I'm human too also I probably would have been even worse than you (laughs) I probably would have said something to them like oh Excuse me. I don't need to open the door right now for you, do I? <laughs> I'm sorry. If I can think quick enough on my feet, sometimes I'll just be bold like that, especially since I'm, you know, of a certain age where I don't give a rat right now what people think about me. You know, there was a time when I cared about what people thought about me. I don't anymore because I know that I'm I am who I am. And I love me for who I am and I am doing the best I can. And I don't try to do things nastily or mean to anybody, but I will stand up for myself and I won't let people walk on me and I won't let people treat me badly. So I might've said something to that person. I might've said, Oh, are you waiting for something? Gee, I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm taking so long for you to open that door for you.
0: (laughs) Sorry. I had to say it. Apologies for the racket. It is uh, summertime in Canada where you've got to cram in as much construction work as possible. Um, I am so with you, Robin, on so much of what you said. And when I face entitlement, it frustrates me to no end as well. And I'm of the same mindset with respect to being no less and no more than others. But uh, I grew up as... Uh, very much a people pleaser and even into adulthood and trying to break those habits has been very difficult. So now I'm, I'm still learning some of those lessons. It sounds like you have under your belt already, you know, I'm still trying to figure out this some sort of equilibrium between being kind and empathetic to others and what they might need, uh, and, and not letting their needs usurp what I might need um, because I spent too much time doing that. And, and also for myself, understanding that speaking up sometimes is not always comfortable for myself or for them and it can still be done kindly um, but sometimes it still has to be done and uh yeah it's a uh, it's interesting isn't it because it's not always 100% of anything there's this there's there's nothing is 100%. It's always a mix of light and dark and and yeah
3: my motivation for kindness well I think the biggest one is empathy. I've experienced um, a fair amount. Um, I've experienced and witnessed a fair amount of suffering in the course over the course of my life, um, and it's not difficult for me to imagine how I would want to be cared for in any given situation, and I know that. During the times, I recognize that during the times when I have been struggling or whenever I am going through something, it's often a very small act that another person has done for me that has made all the difference. So my experience of that I think is what motivates me to do small acts of kindness for others.
0: Again, apologies for the noise. That was well articulated, Jared. Those are things that I don't think I've put into words before, but I think they do play a part in in why I do what I do as well. I'm just thinking of specific instances where at one time my health was so poor that when I went out, I would need a wheelchair. And I noticed that... When I was in that chair and being pushed around in public spaces, people would not look at you. They don't make eye contact with you. They are afraid to interact with you or to smile at you. And it's a very different world sitting down in that different space and moving through the world. And it made me realize how I want to interact with people who are in um, in wheelchairs or mobile chairs or whatever type of device they're in, to that I want to interact with them differently because I don't want them to feel invisible. I want them to feel included, accepted, acknowledged. And there was another instance um, that really impacted me A few years ago, I don't get a lot of um, touch in my life. Uh, I don't, (laughs) you know, where someone just will touch you on the arm or something like that. You don't realize how important uh, physical touch is and that we need that as humans. Um, I mean, sometimes I even forget that it's really important until someone suddenly touches me and it is a bit jarring because I don't have that very often, but I was in the grocery store, and I don't even remember what was said to me. (laughs) Um, And it was so innocuous, unimportant, but this woman, when she was speaking to me, uh, touched me very warmly on the arm, and it made such a huge impact that... I realized that I had lost that part of my life, and I had forgotten what it was like to interact with people that way, and it was something I wanted to bring back. And uh, it's a little tricky now, though, <laughs> especially when um, when people uh, find out that you're gay and they're not exactly sure how to take it because they misinterpret it or whatever, but... Uh, it is a it is a road to navigate, but yeah, those instances definitely shape how and why we do the things we do. That is a yeah. It was well articulated, Jared. Thank you.
4: Hi, Seeking Plum. Hello. I just thought I'd tell you I came over to listen to you talking about kindness as a result of of Robin Milne talking um about a a day in the life of a of a painter and she'd been listening to you and she recommended that I come over and listen and I've just had a listen I'm quite very very interested in what you have to say just one small point though I was thinking that you were talking about Seth Godin's assertion that there are three uh, three three motivators and he names three of them as you know and I think well what Seth is really saying, surely, is that he's saying, I find it helpful to ha- to see motive- people being motivated by these three forces. That's all he's saying. He, if somebody else says, I find it helpful to see them motivated by six things. Now I rushed to run out of time there. But as I was listening to you talking about Seth, it, it seemed to me that you were talking as if Seth knew a truth about motivation. And what I'd like to suggest to you is that what Seth has done is suggest a framework for thinking about motivation. So he's presenting a model which has got three elements to it. Now, if if you have a model which you design, which helps you better than Seth's one, and your model has six uh, things that influence you, or even two. Um, the big test is whether the model helps you to make life meaningful and, yeah, for yourself and for others. And uh, that is the big thing, I think.
0: Paul, thanks for stopping by. I think that is a very fair assessment of seth Godin's quote framework as you put it, and I agree one hundred percent with you that uh it's just a model, you know an idea, and that I could come up with something different or somebody might somebody else might do the same, and it might have different number of of pillars if you will, or categories um, But when I was thinking about it for myself. Under those three, status, fear, and shame, each specific motivator I could think of would seem to fit under one of those three categories. And, and when I thought of something different, it still seemed to slide under one of those in some way. And, and so that's why I stuck with it. Um, I'm, not, I'm not married to the idea. I think that it's possible to have more motivators, different motivators. Um, And and I would like there to be different motivators than those three. Because to me, to be motivated by fear and shame is sad. It's depressing. And even status. Because what is is status? It's not... uh, I wish that we were motivated and driven by something that was more uh, heartfelt, more soul-driven. You know what I mean? Just not about what we look like in other people's eyes, not about perception, not about, you know, fear and shame and these other things. So I would love there to be different motivators that different things that do not fall under those categories um but I feel like when we live in a society when we live in a culture that that sort of those those things sort of by default become they become motivators almost because of the fact that we're all living together um if we weren't uh yeah, then I think we would have different motivators. If we lived by ourselves and we had to survive, then we would definitely have different motivators. But uh Yeah, I I'm, I'm yeah, I'm not married to it, Paul. I'm and I'm open to considering other ideas. When
2: I was listening to Paul and in, in your response, I I suddenly came up with, you know, status and fear and shame, they're all negative, you know, and they're all perceptions or feelings, you know, and I I started to think about, again, what my motivation is for kindness, and I basically felt like it's because it feels good to give unconditionally. (laughs) It feels good to give unconditional love, and I can do that with, like, kitties, and I can do that with my grandchildren or my kids well my kids now as grown ups are different but you give unconditionally to people because it feels good that's kind of a motivator I don't know I don't see myself doing it anymore for what others will think of me I just don't
0: so I think I've done us a bit of a disservice because I've lost track of of the conversation. And when I look at those three things that Seth Godin was talking about, they were in light of how we teach uh, children, how we teach students to learn. And when we're not being inspired to learn for the sake of learning ourselves because we're curious or we want to discover something. And and then I made this jump to say that if that's how we learn, it seems to encourage this transactional type of interacting society. And I think to some extent that makes sense, but I left out that side of learning that's done through curiosity and discovery for the fun of it. And I think that means there's a whole, there's a whole other avenue there that I disregarded. But then I began to look at our interactions as potentially transactional on the whole and whether that was true or not. I wouldn't say that I'm any closer to any answers, but I do think that we almost create a transaction with ourselves when we give unconditionally, when we are kind for no other reason from that other person because we want to give because it makes us feel good. So we're sort of we're giving to that other person, but we're also in a way giving to ourselves. Do you know what I mean? So they may not be giving us anything back, but we are getting that warm, fuzzy feeling because we we did that kind act. I'm beginning to think that it's, there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. It's just maybe the way we operate as humans. We need We need some sort of a transaction. We need something in return, even if it's something we give to ourselves. It would be wonderful if we could find a way to to convey the value of that warm, fuzzy feeling. So there, there there's a reason to do that transaction with ourselves, even if we're not getting a, a different kind of payoff that we might get from a verbal thank you or... Do you know what I mean? Because... We're always looking for. I mean, as society, we're always looking for reasons that we should be kind, or 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 reasons that to to be as you call it, unconditionally kind, is not something readily welcomed, readily accepted, or or something we would jump on the bandwagon typically uh, for and i wish i wish it was something that we could almost bottle <laughs> and and understand that there is value in and that it feels good it just feels good to do it and it, and we're doing it not just for those around us but for ourselves too